Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. We are guestless today, but that's okay because we have some great conversation. We're going to mostly touch on uh, iOS 17. We're going to give our wish list and things that we would like to see. Um, And, you know, WWDC is like only a few months away. It'll be here before you know it. Uh, And so why not get out ahead of it and start touching up on things that we would like to see. Uh, And speaking of only a few months away, now that a lot of the momentum has shifted with the headset to WWDC, um, there's been some news regarding that headset. And so one of the you know quick stories that we're going to touch on today is that the headset could feature in-air typing for text input and that no iPhone pairing would be required for that. And so that is, uh, that's interesting. How do you feel about that? This is the latest report from uh, Mark Gurman over the weekend. I'm guessing that was part of his Power On newsletter, which is a great newsletter. If you haven't um, subscribed to that, I would definitely go check it out. That's where a lot of the news drops over the weekend. So, Hartley, your thoughts on the latest new little tidbit on the uh, headset? I think it's interesting, and in some ways it's very characteristically Apple that we're going to get already. We know it's going to be a little bit of a half-baked feature uh, (laughs) when it launches. And uh, while you don't have to use your iPhone, I think it's going to be a little bit like an Apple TV situation where basically it is easier if if you really are searching for something to, to use that maybe it'll be all right for like if you're sending like a one word message maybe it'll be great for that but i don't think you're going to be hammering out a whole email with this system from what it sounds like it doesn't sound like it's it's finished so the rumor is that it is on the prototypes now it is on all of the the, the prototype units which suggests that it's going to ship with it um whether it will or not is, is still open to question maybe it won't actually get there but that certainly is is what it looks like do you ever find yourself doing what I do, which is uh, like you're on the couch and you're searching for something on your Apple TV and maybe you don't want to say, you know, I don't know, maybe you don't want to say what it is in you, Siri, but like you just want to type something out. Do you ever not grab your phone because it's like across the room and you're just like reluctantly sliding over and typing in yep. each letter? That's what I feel like this is going to be where you're just like, ah, my phone's so far. I don't want to go get it. I guess I'll do this type input. And then you're there for like 15 minutes trying to get it right. Just use Siri, everybody. It's so much easier. (laughs) I think Siri will be one of the main things with the headset as well, Um, which is is why Siri has obviously got to get so much better. But I think that for quick navigation, we have never really needed Siri an enormous amount. Even with things like the Apple Watch, it was presented to us as though we would be very reliant on Siri for, for using the Apple Watch, which realistically we're not because we've still got touch input. Whereas this is going to be effectively the first device where there is no touch input at all. You won't use your, your fingers to physically interact with anything. So it will be so important, um, or at least it will be a lot more encouraging to actually use Siri because your your options are going to be more limited. Yeah... I, and, and I mean, usually in years past, I would probably, and with most other products, I would probably be very hesitant to uh, to want to use Siri. But like, again, this is where it makes complete sense to be able to do that. Um, there was some other news on the headset, and that is kind of out in the future, but that Apple is planning to launch two versions, which we kind of knew there was going to be a high end and then a low end version. But that's kind of the second generation headset that'll be happening in 2025 
um, which just seems so long from now, but it really isn't. Uh, your your thoughts on that and the, and the price, which is uh, reportedly supposed to be what between three and five thousand dollars for the first headset so where are we expecting the second generation to be that could well be around the three thousand dollar mark if not slightly lower i mean it's going to be as far as we know priced toward the the upper band of how macs are priced so you're talking about the price of a maybe a 14 inch macbook pro for this this higher end for the for the lower end headset so we're expecting the potential names for it will be reality one will be the lower end headset and reality pro will be the high end headset and really this is just mirroring what we've come to see in other apple product lines so a bit like the iphone you've got your standard model and then your pro model same with ipad more or less with something like the ipad air and the ipad pro or with macbook air and macbook pro so you're going to have reality one and reality pro the difference being that this is going to really push the the price points of, of those things because the entry level model is going to be more expensive than any entry level Mac. But if it really is that such uh, next generation technology and they're not expecting to sell that many units of it, which was something else that emerged this week, they're reportedly only supposed to be expecting to sell, I believe, it's seven hundred thousand units in the first year, which is low for Apple. It still sounds like a lot to me, but that well, is yeah. low for apple and maybe like i think it was one per store per week we heard at some point that's what i'm concerned about like and i mean i don't know i don't i feel like at first it's going to be difficult to be able to get one of these like right away because of all the people that do really want one are going to be doing the pre-orders and trying to get it on launch day which is what i'll be trying to do i'm sure and like that's where i get a little nervous but then yeah i mean as time goes on it'll probably be like oh there's one available Who's going to be the person who buys it this week? Probably not a lot. Um, but I mean, yeah, the the price point is it kind of is what it is. We were expecting it to be mega expensive. $3,000 for second gen to be a little bit lower still doesn't sound that cheap. But I, you know, I guess that's where we're at. I suppose it's a, it, they're trying to make it an exclusive thing as well, which is very typically Apple. They want yeah. you to feel that... It's, they're going for a different strategy. With with Meta, they want you to have that headset and use it to just get units in people's hands. With sure. Apple, they don't want everyone to be using this thing because it's not going to be ready, at least in the first generation, probably not in the second. Long term, they don't even want to be doing headsets like this as far as we know. We know that they're more focused on AR rather than VR, and they're more interested in augmented reality and more minimalist solutions. So if they can keep this as a high-end product, that fits very nicely in with their portfolio of products. If they can say, this is basically the most expensive product that we we make in terms of average retail price per product line, it is the crowning glory of everything we have to offer. It's the most cutting-edge technology. And as the, the world's leading technology company, this is the best we can do. So that's why it is expensive. It's not for everyone. I think that is a much more typically Apple way of presenting the situation. And that's probably what we'll see. It just feels like a really expensive, really advanced proof of concept that you can actually buy, but you probably shouldn't. Um, And that's kind of where we're at with the headset. I mean, I am very sick of talking about the headset without seeing it. (laughs) I don't know if that feels the same for you, but... I, I am and I'm not insofar as I think what I'm really interested to see is the design 
Yeah, um, I just... and I want I want to see the actual leaks of it. I want to see yeah. actual on the production line little blurry pictures of its shape, of its size. Uh, you want um, like, because <laughs> you want the exclusive. Yeah, I want, I, yeah. exactly. Like I, yeah. I want to see it, it trickling out like that and trying to like piece it together. Um, because that's that's always fascinating to me when we've had things like I don't know the iPhone 12 redesign, Apple Watch Ultra. These things are always really interesting when they come out a little bit earlier in the news cycle. But with a device like this, where it's actually worn on your face, and we know it's going to have an outer display, and it's going to have a digital crown, it's going to have this band, a separate battery, there's really no knowing just how bulky this thing could be. It could be way bigger and bulkier than we expect, but it also could be a lot slimmer and lighter and more minimal than we expect. And that is something that we're not really used to when we talk about Apple designs. Um, and so that's what interests me. And what also interests me is exactly how they're going to present this use case. We've talked about this a lot on previous yeah. episodes, and this is slowly trickling out. So one thing we heard uh, last week as well was that the first generation headset, apparently, despite its price, will not have the graphics capabilities that Apple wants. It will have an M2 chip, and that is not able to uh, do what Apple needs it to do. So even some of the core features like VR FaceTime calls with Memojis will only support two participants in full VR because it just doesn't have the graphics capability to render more than that. And that's interesting to me um, that these things are finally now in great detail slotting into place. That's kind of sad, especially for a $5,000 product. (laughs) Yeah. You can't even get a group chat of Memoji characters going on. That's... But I, 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 I'm trying really hard to just not be hypercritical one way or another until we actually mm. see it. Um, I just don't think that's fair. But I mean, a lot of the things that I've seen make me really excited. And then a lot of the other news, like what you just said, make me be like, well, you know, why? Like, what is the point of this at the end of the day? Why don't we just wait until you're ready with your AR glasses and just come out with those? We just skipped the whole thing. But I, I, I'm just, I can't wait until WWDC um but uh there's a couple of other things in the future that are also intriguing uh we just saw literally yesterday um some news on the iphone 16 so we're skipping 15 moving on to 16 to where it's on track to feature an under display face id and then the following year and this is where it's really interesting to me because my first thought is well, what happens to Dynamic Island by then? Is that just basically gone? But the following year, so we'll have, you know, in iPhone 16, uh, the Face ID will be under the display. And then the face, the selfie camera, the following year will then be as well under the display. And so in that case, what do we do with Dynamic Island? I think Dynamic Island is staying for a long time. And I think that the way that Dynamic Island will be dealt with is that you simply get more space in it on the pro models and maybe the actual island is slightly smaller and that is the first thing that we are expecting to see because this was initially outlined by ross young so there's multiple components up there you've got the components for face id and you've got the front facing camera one by one these things will disappear and one by one they will trickle down the lineup in the same way that we're expecting the iphone 15 lineup to get uh dynamic island across the whole lineup so there's no change on the pro but last year's Pro feature is trickling down. The same for next year. So the Pro will get the under-display Face ID, but the standard models will continue to have Dynamic Island. Then the following year, both models will have uh, under-display Face ID. And then it will be finally the year after that. So it will be 
um, it's two years at every at every interval yeah. for each model, um, and at that point everything is going under display, and I think that it will just be a setting. That's how I can imagine it. Just it will be literally just buried at the bottom of the settings. So it's app, just a like a new notification setting. way, or if you just right because like it'll be display, and then when something does go into the island, it'll just make like a virtual island. Is what you're thinking of basically? Yes, and 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 that it just takes up a little bit less space. Um, that it's a little bit of a narrower. Uh, island and that that is it's just something that is presented i don't even think they really would even talk about it i think they would just say dynamic island has a little bit more um, display area on the pro models which allows it to display more contextual information and they've done a really good job of engineering uh dynamic island and i think that if they could show how uh with their little implementations of music maybe you get a little uh display of how far through you are in a track or something like that on the pro models, but you don't on the standard models. You get a slightly enhanced experience with no. that extra display area, no. um, or even <laughs> it just shows it just shows more on either side. You can fit more in the, the status bar, or something like that. It just indicates that you're dealing with a slightly more pro device if the island is smaller and gradually, gradually smaller. Well, couldn't we just not have the island since everything's under the display? Couldn't they just? make it all display and then like you said well, it will be eventually this the setting would just be turning that to turn on it off, i yeah. guess yeah turn it yeah. off or turn it on if you want it i think it would um, be on by default and then eventually you just if you don't want it then you can turn it off now do you think this would look like remember when samsung did this with the uh under display selfie camera do you think it's going to look like that because that was good and then it also wasn't good. <laughs> like it was really good in some instances and it was very bad in some instances. And so I'm curious to see how Apple deals with that. Cause I, I can't imagine they would want those pixelated like areas to show yes. where you can clearly see where those uh, components have been laid underneath the display. I think that it's telling that Apple is moving the camera under last. So they're doing face ID as the first thing um, to go under the display in this way. And by the time they get to doing that, so we're talking uh, 2026, yeah. that's going to be quite some time after Samsung showed off that technology and Apple probably will have perfected it by then. And it's not even out of the question that they could delay that to 2027 if they really want to get that exactly right. But that gives them a lot of time to really perfect sure. that technology. So I don't think we need to worry too much about it being like Samsung's implementation. Oh, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. I want it to be... And listen, there was nothing wrong with Samsung's implementation. No. I, I, I have to say, they need more credit for how they do things because they throw out these crazy ideas. Well, not crazy, but they, 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 they innovate way more than most major OEMs, um, at least in the U.S., and, and they do a decent job at it. I mean, they're not just like throwing stuff out there just to throw stuff out there. I mean, it's like functionally really, really good, but you know, it could be better. And so, you know, and Apple has that reputation of always kind of waiting to be a little bit later on things to perfect it. Um, not so much on software, but that's a whole other story. Actually, why don't we just jump right into it? Because sure. our main story is iOS 17 and what we want to see. But we should probably start off with the fact that uh, it's been pretty well documented that, like, this isn't going to be a huge you know, release in terms of like major changes. Um, and so first off, does that bum you out? <laughs> and uh, actually, let's just start with that. Does it bum me out? Because it bums me out. You know, I, I want to see some new features, but I get that we have a lot of bugs to take care of. 
and also a lot of the work is going into reality the headset, right now yeah, yeah, yeah. and i think that is the main the main reason so i i would really like to see the existing apps and services be perfected rather than a huge number of new features i think it's time we have had a lot of new features in recent years and i think some of them have been a little bit left behind so if they are going to do it with the headset stealing the show this year with reality os stealing the show fine this is a, a a perfectly okay year for it maybe next year we will we will see those features we can't have something new and shiny every year i suppose yeah but uh you know if you go back and look through our wonderful readers they leave such great comments on the forums and one of the comments that struck me was and i've said this before just in a different way i guess uh one of the comments said a two trillion dollar company really can't focus on two major products at the same time and it's a really good point. <laughs> like, it's a really good point. Why? Why do we have to take one, you know, to, I hate that. What's that saying? Like you take from, I don't, I'm not even going to butcher the saying. Why do, why do we have to just separate our resources for, you know, it, it, for one thing and take away from the other? It doesn't make any sense to me, especially when you're a company like Apple. If I was playing devil's advocate and I was trying to, if I was an Apple executive and I was trying to come up with the reason as to why mm -hmm. i think they would say that they achieve a level of parity across their software updates where features are brought to every platform uh so when they show off something like focus modes it's on every device and so if they are developing something if, if they really silo ios 17 and develop that completely separately to ipad os that doesn't really work in the same way that if they develop for watch os if they develop a great new feature for watchOS, well, what's it going to happen with the health app? If it's something to do with that or the fitness app or activity rings and how those are shown on the iPhone um, or the notes app on the Mac, but then how is that coming to the iPad? So there is a level to which everything has to be engineered kind of together and conceived kind of together as an ecosystem because that's Apple's advantage. So if everything is going into making the headset fit the ecosystem, uh, and give it all of these features. Someone's going to have to build focus modes and a notes app for the headset. Uh, I understand why they're not necessarily saying, no, this is the year that we introduce a complete overhaul for, I don't know, the calendar app or something, because then they would also have to do that for the headset. Well, sure. would be but, their logic. But then, you know, I would imagine they would plan that out in advance. So if they knew this is the year for a calendar app, we're not building the old calendar app and then updating it to the new one, just build it to fit the new one from the beginning. Like that, that was what makes yeah, sense to me, point. right? It's I mean, so, and by the way, one of my wish list items that I didn't even put down because I know it's not going to happen is that I would like to see some of these core apps redesigned, like the yes. mail app, the mail app could use, it got some new features. There's, it's still missing some things, but uh, it could use an overhaul. And so, and by the way, the saying that I was going to butcher, cause I, I don't know, it was to, it's robbing Peter to pay Paul. Like that's what they're doing. And, uh, you know, I hate that saying, I don't know why it makes me cringe, but it is true. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Um, Okay, so I mean, we know it's it's gonna be so some of the features that we want are most likely not gonna happen, but uh, you know, let's let's hear it. What's your what's your first wish list feature? Okay, so for me, pull up. The I notes. think I'm going to go with a big one to start with, which That's is not gonna I, happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely is not gonna happen. Okay, which is I want to see some generative AI 
built in in some way. It doesn't have to be, obviously, it's not going to be uh, chat GPT, but, sure. but I would like to see Apple moving Siri and Spotlight in that direction. I would like to be able to type to Siri on the Mac easily and kind of use it um, a little bit more to in a natural way where it will understand what I'm actually saying to it. I mean, I feel like that's going to happen. It's just not going to happen in three months. Right. Yeah. Like that's, I, that's the issue. It's, it is yeah. coming at some point. It's got to be. So at yeah. some point, Siri has got to get cleverer. Um, but I just imagine, this is the thing that I think a lot of people are really captivated by, is imagine if you did put um, chat GPT behind Siri and you then, or even if you were to put it behind a much more advanced um, voice assistant like Alexa, you are you are getting into a seriously powerful assistant at that point. And if you could then just ask it to pull up things on your computer with great detail, or, or I could tell it to open a pages document or open a, uh, compose a new email to Dan and I want you to mention this, 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 and this, and then send yeah. it for me. It should really be able to do that. That's That would be something that... I would really love to see. No, it's would not going to happen. Would you just send it without even proofreading it? <laughs> I'd proofread it, but it okay, would be great okay. to be able to, to give that instruction and uh, to have everything you know, ready done. I mean, even yeah. if you could say, I don't know, open a new Final Cut project. I want these presets. Um, yeah. I want this I- event. Um, this is the aspect ratio, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, and it just preloads it all. And I feel like that's a... It, it almost is sort of tying together some of these things that have been a little bit, I feel, lost. Things like shortcuts, Siri, and Spotlight. I feel like this all kind of needs to be the same thing. And generative AI is the place to do that. Yeah. I mean, that would be really cool. Um, I like that you mentioned like actual real world use cases because... You know, I think a lot of people out there think about ChatGPT and it's just like all the funny things that we're making it do. And that's fine. Uh, I mean, that'll also probably be there. But I like that you were able to like explain real world use cases because I feel like people would be like, yeah, that's cool and all. And it's really cool technology. But why would I want this in my everyday life? And it makes total sense to be able to like, you know, on the Mac like that you know, helping you cut your workflow and time in half your productivity. But how would you want it to be used on your iPhone? Because I feel like that's where most people would probably be using this. I think on the iPhone, it perhaps is a little bit less generative and is a little bit more in the vein of what Apple has tried to do with Siri, where it should be able to provide you with contextual information based on what you're doing. It should be able to suggestions. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be able to say to it, I don't want to have to select widgets that, that yep. I want on the on the lock screen. I just want it to know what widgets I want at what time of day. When I'm low on battery, show me the battery widget. Like that isn't even AI. It's just that should be possible. That, that, that could happen now. Someone could easily write yes. a line or two of code and make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it should know like when I've got a calendar event coming up. I mean, they kind of did this with the Siri watch face years ago on the Apple Watch. Yeah. And that was a great watch face when it knew if you had a timer running, if there was um, going to be rain in the weather app. It, it surfaced all of this stuff. And that was great. And I would like to see that across the system, even on the home screen. It would be great if it could just present a home screen based on what it thinks I want at that time. And then I can go to the app library otherwise. You know, that could really help our old friend Dynamic Island too. Make that a little bit more useful. Put that information up there so it's less intrusive, but it makes that whole area more useful. Yeah, I agree. I think that this this is an area where they've kind of, 
they've experimented with it a little bit over the years like i say with the uh with the siri watch face and they do claim like when you when you can add a widget that predict what apps want um but it's just not very good and i feel like they should be going further with I feel like it should know who I want to message at what time of day. When I go to the messages app, the the pin chats should be, it, it should know who I want to message. I feel like it could predict that. And likewise, it should know when I go and create a new calendar event on my iPhone. That is always a, a horrible task, having to fill out every every cell in the calendar app. Just why don't you know? Why don't you know roughly when I start to type what sort of thing it is? Look at the past events. Yeah, and just work out what it is. Work out the location. It should be really obvious. If I put "dentist" as the title, you should know what dentist I've been to before, and then just put that as the location information. Yeah, and then if you need so to change it, you change it yourself. I, like yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. That that would be really cool. Do you want to know my major one that I don't think is going to happen? Then, since you went pretty Go on. okay, I want universal notifications. Like I oh, want this my, is one I, of mine. Yeah. I want my iPhone notifications to show up on my Mac. I would like some of my Mac notifications to show up on my iPhone. Um, I don't think I need everything, but some of the and I yeah, I just like why why are they not across all of the devices? They should be. It doesn't make any sense. Especially when Apple is so ecosystem focused. Right. It seems really strange that I can get a message, I see it pop in on my Mac, and then a minute later I get it on my Apple Watch. And then a minute later, I get it on my phone. Why and then is it a so later, delayed? I get it on my iPad. <laughs> just, yes. And also... And it's just annoying. Just, yeah, just the other day. I uh, Literally yesterday, I was using a different Mac because I've been having some issues. Uh, and so I tried a different Mac to see if that would help. And uh, I noticed that the, the messages were out of sync. Like there was messages from like um, the last time I used it, which was like a couple weeks ago. And like it didn't update. I closed it out. Nothing. Like it didn't... I don't... It, I don't is there like a way to force refresh that but like why was that not and then like I would get some new notifications but it never like auto populated the 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 old prior conversation even things from earlier in the day and so like I just feel like that all needs to be cleaned up and if that's you know a result of like okay here's the bug fix iOS 17 that's what it's going to be we're just calling it the bug fix update that if you're not going to give me universal notifications, then at least fix the notifications that are supposed to be throughout all of the devices already. Like messages, obviously, being one of them. Mail. Mail is a big one Mail as well. is horrendous. Yeah, like why do I go in? It should never start. I don't know. I don't know the updating. I know like if you don't use a computer for a while, it, it needs to be able to uh, like get a, get a minute to update. But... I mean, it just takes forever. Like, if I'm on this and I haven't used this, you know, machine in two months, it's stuck on that for two months, and like that just seems crazy to me. I don't know if it can update in the background or what. Um, but yeah, I, I I would like universal notifications. I mean, I don't know exactly how that would be. I mean, obviously, the most useful thing would be just iPhone notifications on your on your Mac, like getting iPhone apps specifically, those notifications that come in, being able to see that pop up. Maybe you can't interact with it because it's not in a Mac app and that's fine, but at least I can see it. And I guess a kind of a 1A, 1B kind of thing to that would be, uh, can we like fix the notification center on the Mac? I don't like it. I really don't. Yeah, it's not good. I feel like it needs the whole notification system, I know that they made improvements last year with the lock screen, and I know it was a little bit controversial, 
But the notification system across all devices really needs to be improved. It is frankly ridiculous on the iPad as well that you have to pull down from the top and it is this full screen, full width thing on your 12.9 inch iPad. In that instance, it does need to be vaguely more Mac-like, but then give us like a little version of the lock screen with some from the iPhone with widgets and the time and the weather and, and have that on the Mac. And that's what comes out from the right-hand side of the screen. And it's what you get on the iPad as well. That would make a lot more sense to me. And even with settings, you're, you're making me think now about how I if I download an app and I have it on all of my devices and I want to have no badges for the app, I don't want it to persist, um, yep. but I do want it to pop up. Should carry I over. don't want it to have sound. Yep. Um, I have to do this on every single device, except yeah. the Apple Watch, where it does just mirror the phone by default. That That is also ridiculous because we know from things like focus modes, focus modes show you apps that you don't even have installed on the device. My iPhone shows my Mac apps when you uh, come to preparing focus modes and screen time. So it's kind of, it's already doing some of this stuff and you yeah. can sync some settings for these apps. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great suggestion. I don't think we're going to get it, but it's a good no, one. Not right now. Do you think we'll ever get it? I think uh, I think that's inevitable because well, the headset of the too, ecosystem. Right? Yeah, because now you're going to have yet another thing. So now you'll have the headset on. You'll get a message. And then for the next five minutes, you'll just hear it going off on every other device. <laughs> yeah, like do you think... Oh, that's that's a good little sidebar. I don't want to get too off track, but like I feel like it it fits. Like, it, Do you think the headset's going to run off... Of, it's going to run off of your iPhone notifications, right? But like... What about your your Mac's notification? Like, wouldn't that also be kind of important and relevant to the headset, especially if they want us to like work it with that headset on and like get some things done and like be a part of the ecosystem? Like, I, I would want to know all of my notifications on that headset, right? They they must have to have contended with something for notifications with Reality OS, not least because long term, if this does become AR glasses where your notifications pop in, they are going to pop into your field of view. So they'll pop yeah. into my field of view, but then I'll glance down at my Apple Watch at the same notification. So they must at this stage already be thinking about that. And secondly, you're absolutely right. If it's mirroring my iPhone's notifications... What about when I've got it in the mode where I can mirror my Mac's display or extend my Mac's right, display? Right, that's what I was getting at. So there's there's something coming from both there, and that's that's the other thing is that when those notifications come in, I don't want to hear it come in on the rest of it. Like if it, it should know, okay, Dan, he's signing into this Apple ID, so that that matters. That's where you can probably tie it in all from. He's wearing the headset. Let's silence the notifications for all of his other devices because he's got the headset on. And we know he's going to see those notifications because how can you miss it? It's on your face, man. You can't miss those. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's possible to miss it every once in a while, okay? But you, you really can't miss a lot. And so we don't need to have my watch go off. We don't need to have the Mac in the distance go off. And and so, yeah, universal notifications. Let's, let's get some form of that going quickly and then let's eventually get to where... I can be on my Mac and see what's going on with my iPhone. Uh, I'll go for one that's a little bit more of a realistic one, but it is one that I would really like, which would be shortcuts improvements. And okay. I know that you could go through every third-party app and list a whole load of improvements, but I think it's quite simple with shortcuts. I think it needs two things. It needs more integrations and it needs more triggers. Specifically with integrations, you find that with a lot of even Apple stock apps, 
the integrations are quite superficial. You maybe only get a dozen at best. And you find yourself, if you are a shortcuts power user, or you even just want to create a fairly simple shortcut to just do a really basic thing, if the action is not available, you're in trouble. And I feel like where there are existing menus in apps, that should be part of what you can do with a shortcut. So one that I wanted to make a little while ago was I wanted to be able to easily delete uh, a, a playing song from my music library with a shortcut mm-hmm. because it's quite a few taps to actually get to do that. There's no action for it. There's not anything like that. And the same goes for triggers. So I can't trigger a shortcut based on a timer going off or a calendar event. So yeah. I can't have it uh, when we record this podcast I can't have focus modes, my do not disturb focus mode, automatically enable when it knows that we're recording the podcast because it doesn't recognize calendar events when uh, that should be a really simple yeah. workflow. Just <laughs> when this calendar event happens and it happens, it's a repeating event. It's I can already sort and find calendar events in shortcuts. So that's there. Just enable it. That's a. It's like you said earlier, it's a, it's a few lines of code. It's a small addition to yeah. build some of this stuff in. And I think that obviously you could say this forever and just say you need more shortcuts everywhere. But I think sometimes when I do, when I see things like that, I think, you know, come on, you should be able to have at least a few more um, across the board. What are your uh, like most used shortcuts? I don't use shortcuts a whole lot. So this is just a good experience for everyone out there. Like, how do you make it (sighs) useful to where it like is an integral part of your day or is it not? Like it your can be. I like it for doing things with calendar because there's quite a few. Uh, you, you can make those quite complicated and quite rich. Um, and I like using it for music as well. So, for example, I have a shortcut set up with some of my favorite playlists. And if I am listening to a song, I can use the shortcut. It will come up with a list of my playlists and I can just tap the playlists I want to add it to and it's done, which is way faster than navigating Apple Music's horrific uh, playlist organization system. Sure. So would this be in lieu of you having to either A, remember all the names of your playlists, or B, uh, asking Siri in general, like when you can't ask Siri? Yes, so it would be to remember them, but also for me, it's just a UI issue because the, the playlists are buried and there is no way to organize them. And I like to add playlists actually from Apple Music as well, but you can't put those in folders. So if you add any more than maybe five playlists from Apple Music, you're going to be scrolling to find the playlist that you actually made. And you could be scrolling for a long time, and then you're going to get right to the bottom to a folder you put them in, and then go into another folder, and then you finally tap it. And what if you want to do this for a few songs in a row? You're going to have to do it for every single one or if you want to put it in multiple playlists you're going to have to do it for every single individual playlist whereas with a shortcut more of an apple music problem to be honest (laughs) yeah it it is um really so but it's it's the same you know in other apps i feel like i should be able to do more with notes and be able to uh append to specific areas under specific headings in notes um i just think there's a little bit more they could do if apple took the approach they need to add three new uh integrations per stock app that would be a really good approach. Or I feel like every year they really should be adding a, a good load more shortcuts. I want them to hear them every year standing on stage at WWDC saying, this year we have added 100 new shortcuts integrations. 
I would like for them to talk about shortcuts a little more too. Like spend like three minutes and explain why these new shortcuts are good and like what you can use them for and give people more of an idea of why people should be using this and not just an excuse to forget about the app because that's kind of what it is I think for most people out there. Yeah. I could be wrong. Let us know. I get We get emails and comments all the time from people being like, you're wrong or you're right. And so, you know, I love hearing that stuff. So just keep them coming. Um. I feel like I have a theme with my next one. It's just kind of all about continuity and universal ability across all devices. And this one makes me feel bad because um, I have an app that easily takes care of this problem, but I shouldn't have to pay for an app. It should just be something that's standard across all Apple. If, If Apple is all about the ecosystem, then why do we not have a native clipboard manager to the point where I can see what it is that I download, or I'm sorry, that I copied from all of my devices. I use Paste, so if you're like, hey, that is a problem that I had and I don't know what to do about it, go download Paste. You do have to pay for it, but it's not that big of a deal. And I love that app, and I you know, I don't want Apple to do this because then it would probably be bad news for them, but at the same time, I'm sure they'll figure out an, another way to navigate around that. And so, you know, they can just add more features. I don't know. I'm sure Apple will limit it and not be able to customize it. And so there will be a reason to have apps like that. There's a lot of third-party apps out there. Uh, but I really liked Paste, and I would like some sort of way to be able to type a keyboard command on my Mac and see all the stuff that I've copied from my iPhone, my iPad, you know, like in Siri. Um, I'm sorry, in Safari, where you can see, like, the tabs that are open and stuff. Like, I want to be able to see all of that. Um and then go ahead and select what I want to copy and paste again from my Mac or my iPhone or my iPad, etc. Well, it would even be a great widget. That would be one of the things yeah, that would be really useful. That's fine. If going to make, if, like you're talking about with the notification center on the Mac. That would be a great little widget for the Mac. Sure. For actually where it makes sense to use widgets on the Mac if they are interactive and usable in that sort of way. I yeah. think there is, a, there is a really clear case for some unique implementations of widgets. Or even give it to us in, if you're not going to do it in a widget, do it in Spotlight on the iPhone. Yeah. Not to double up, I don't want to cut you in line here, but widgets on the Mac were like like legit widgets on the Mac was one of my yeah. wish list things. That's not really iOS 17, but I feel like it kind of is because it's all kind of tied into it. Um, like I don't want the widgets off on, like I want to be able to put it on my desktop. Like that's the whole point, right? So that you can easily see it. I don't know. It is a bit weird that they're they're buried in yeah. the notification center. Um, I think it's just because they don't really know where to put them. And maybe I got a great to... idea for that. Put it on the desktop <laughs> where yeah. I spend ninety nine percent of my time looking at my like. If I'm looking at something that's not an app, it's right there. I don't know. I don't. I think they they they, they don't want to iOSify the Mac, and so <laughs> they they but they also uh... don't want to give you more freedom. So they're not sure about how to get rid of that problem. So we probably will be well, be sitting here in a few months and it will be exactly the same. I will settle on making the clipboard manager a widget at the very least for your Mac, which makes it a little bit more useful. Go ahead. What's your next one? Unless you've got more to say on universal clipboard manager type deal. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, well, but... one that, that I, it kind of relates to uh, some of the ones we've said so far. So I'll kind of add it as a little extra one, which is Spotlight actually needs to not be horrifically slow on the iPhone. Oh, on the I iPhone. I think that would... Okay. Yeah. That's like it's pretty uh, good so... on the Mac. Uh, well, but we're talking iOS 17. So I, I yep, feel yep, like... Yep, yep, I... yep, 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 yep. 
I would, I'd have a lot to say about Spotlight on the Mac because I really like Alfred. I've really got into Alfred lately, mm. um, which is a great launcher app for the Mac. Um, and I would actually really like to see something like yeah. uh, Alfred in Spotlight on the iPhone as well. I think that the first thing is they just need to not make it horrifically slow where it can take up to, what, 50 seconds to load just an app that you have searched for. Yeah, I was say I don't think I've had uh I don't think I've had that slow of an issue, but also the you know, when you swipe I'm, I'm swiping down right now. When you swipe down, I want to see not series suggested apps. I want to see like the five most recent apps that I just used. I feel like that would be way more helpful, but Is that, that how you like navigate? The Watch Doc. What do you mean? That... Well, with the Apple Watch Doc, it shows you your most recent apps. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just do that. Yeah, so that would yeah. be that would be really useful, or even some some widgets there, some contextual information. Sure. Know what I'm going to search for before I do it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of a a little a little extra one thrown in there, and the other little extra one I would I would slide in there would be actually with Apple Music, um, <laughs> and that horrific playlist sorting system. Okay. And I I love Apple Music. I I love a lot about it, but the fact that I can't put the playlists uh, in a good it can't even sort them. I can sort them alphabetically or I can sort them by the order that when I last played them. That is wow. no help to me when it comes to curating my own playlists. I was about um, to open up I, the music app on the Mac, but we're talking iOS 17. So let me look at it here because I'm not, you know, I don't use it. So I'm not familiar with playlists. So go ahead, re- state your frustrations again so I could follow along. So every, every playlist you add um, yeah. from Apple Music cannot be put in a folder. So it's just an, it's a, it's a list that gets longer forever but this is also where you keep your personal playlists they're not separate so if you have what just one playlist of your own but 50 apple music playlists you will have to scroll through 50 apple music playlists to get to your own which is ridiculous oh so you're talking about apple curated apple music yes okay yes i was confused for a minute but i got it and even when it comes to your own playlists um, of which I have quite a lot, I, I still find that really irritating to navigate. And I would like to be able to um, have some sorting options. You used to have them on the Mac when we had iTunes. I want to be able to jump into a playlist on the iPhone and tell it, organize this playlist by album, by artist. I want you to shuffle the play order. Or really, it should be able to, with a little bit of AI or using its uh, using its metadata, work out a play order for me. A suggested play order for the playlist. Um, I, I for just your for more... your custom made ones, yeah, Apple Music ones, ones. Or all, all of yeah. them. You mean? Okay, yeah. Because I'm trying. I'm, I'm going through Spotify right now to see. I've never really. To be fair to Apple, you can't do that on Spotify either. I felt like Spotify's uh, playlist system worked better than Apple's one. Um, and even when it comes to the one thing that was great about Spotify when I used it for the for the 48 hours I, I, before mm-hmm. I abandoned it and went back to Apple Music was the way it suggests songs to add to your playlists. Apple Music does not do that. Oh, like like if you create a custom playlist and then you turn on that little feature to enhance and it suggests other ones to put in there? Yes, but, but yeah, also pretty if cool. you... There was a, I, I, there was, I don't know if it, what, what it was in the UI, whether it was like a plus and you could tap it and then it brought up this page of these songs would work well with yes. your yes. Uh, with your playlist and you could add them. And that was really good because it's, it got such a good sense of what the playlist was. Um, why is Apple Music not doing that? So Yeah, so it actually, 
crossfade as well apple music uh, needs crossfade this is this is probably my number one thing and i must not forget it apple music needs crossfade so i'm looking at spotify now because i don't generally add songs like that i actually kind of just forget that it's a thing that you can do but it is super helpful uh so it gives you suggested based off the off of what you listen to but then there's like new pages that i have not seen before where it just gives you genre based like things that you might like and recently played songs which is super helpful. Like I can swipe through multiple pages and even songs that I've liked um, that go to the like playlist. So yeah, I mean, they they do seem kind of behind if you can't do any of that stuff. This has been kind of around for a while. Um, this is where Spotify does have an advantage. But, and yeah. people say it's just algorithmic, um, but it isn't just the algorithm because as I say, with something like Crossfade, Spotify has Crossfade. Yeah. It was one of the things I loved using most about Spotify during the 48 hours that I, I used it. <laughs> I really <laughs> love those but, 48 hours. Uh, yeah, no, it was, it, was a, it was a great experience to actually see what it was like. Um, but I really, I've always liked music with Crossfade. And it used to yeah. work really well on the Mac. Um, and now it just doesn't work. So the setting is there. It just is, it's a defunct setting in Apple Music on the Mac. It just is broken. Um, that needs to be... On, on iOS. It's on the Android version of Apple Music. <laughs> Isn't it weird so, that like Apple made a way better version of the app for Android? <laughs> yeah. Is that on purpose too? Is that to like we gotta put our A game out there so then people will uh will switch to the iPhone eventually, thinking that all of our services and things run this well? I don't know. It makes you wonder. It does make yeah. you wonder. A little conspiracy theory for you. Um all right, well my next one is one that I definitely know is not going to happen, but I'd like to see some sort of split-screen multitasking going on. Uh, it doesn't have to be as intense as the iPad, which I don't even think that that's really intense, but literally just being able to have two apps open at once. We don't have to do slide over. We don't have to do any of that stuff. I just want to be able to stack two applications at once. I can do that on just about any large Android phone. You know, I have the Galaxy S23 here. I do use that quite a bit because there are many times where I'm like in a conversation and watching TikToks at the same time uh, and to not have to like leave the apps and to be able to just do that is really nice. And that's where folding phones also kind of come into the mix of being super helpful. Um, but yeah, well, why, maybe, why maybe one implement that is even kind of a little bit how they've implemented picture in picture so even yeah. if you don't get split view kind of like you do on the ipad maybe when i'm using the messages app um i can tap a button and it goes into like a little windowed view that i can drag around that would be an iphone specific way of imagining it if picture in picture was the only way that you can get split screen where it literally sectioned it off exactly the way i was saying it just like an ipad but it can only be done with one app being you know whatever you want and then the other app has to be a playing video fine i would be that would probably be where i would use it the most anyways and i would be happy with that but at that point just make everything available for me to split screen please it's not that hard you already do it on one so i mean i don't know and the phones are getting bigger the phones are huge so, is yeah. we're past that point and it's even strange when you think that when they introduced the iphone 6 plus and that was a 5.5 inch display, uh, the biggest iPhone they they'd done up to that up to that point. And when you rotated that device, all the apps switched round, um, yeah. and even settings had like a iPad style view. And they were making really good use of that that uh, screen area. But now that's all just been removed. <laughs> so 
why they've got a b even way, way bigger displays now. Um, yeah. And really, you can use uh, a Pro Max size device to get quite a lot done. Um, why why can't I fit a little bit more on the display? Yeah. Um, I don't envision this happening, but it would be nice. Uh, but I think that would be like a quote-unquote major change. And since we're not expecting many or any, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's it. So for me, another one... It's hard because I kind of would like to go into every single stock app and say, this all needs to <laughs> that's change. Why did, that's why I didn't do that. Um, but I, and I feel I've touched on music. I vaguely mentioned how the, the experience in calendar is awful and shortcuts, but I'll go for one last one or kind of, it's kind of system-ish because it's across two apps, which okay. is health and fitness. Because yeah, I just feel combine like those these two. Are, <laughs> yeah and these apps are not good um they don't give me good insights i know that they made a big deal of the fact that you get trends i don't think the trends are useful i get better trend information from third-party apps um it just vaguely tells me like oh my activity is up over the past eight weeks that is not a useful trend to tell me about <laughs> give me a little bit more detail there what um, third-party apps do you use for that because i've I i've been recently like monitoring my trends because my trends have been getting better so go me um but like i i am got i've been getting addicted to that data but you're right like i have noticed and it hasn't bothered me as much but now that you bring it up i'm kind of like yeah why am i not being able to see more about that and like tell me some more details so what third-party apps do you use for that so for me it's the healthmate app and that's because i've got healthmate. a uh, a smart uh scale that works oh the withings with one yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah the withings one and uh, they do a lot of great health kit accessories. You should look at but that I find that with something like weight, it tells you a whole load of, it gives you a sure. way better breakdown of everything. And it makes it so much more digestible um, than, than the equivalent in, in the health app. That should really not be the case that when, you, when this is the whole point of health kit, that yeah. it ties it all into this central app. And I get all my information in one place. All of this stuff is supported. And it's not giving me any insight. And it's also not really cross-referencing anything. I feel like it should be able to understand that um, if I'm losing or gaining weight and it should understand that relative to the amount of uh, activity minutes I'm doing. And it should yeah. be able to say to me, if I did more activity minutes, this would be the results based on current trends. Sure. That it would be should helpful. be able to encourage you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that shouldn't be that complicated. Um, and I just feel like the the UI of it is really not great. It feels like everything is buried and you have to select favorites that you kind of pin to the main page. Yeah. And then you can go into another page where it's all the most recently updated stuff. But it's just not very intuitive. I feel like it should be, whether it's cards that you you kind of can flip through or you, it's a little bit more like the weather app almost. The weather app I think is, is great for that sort of thing and presenting different kinds of information in these little cards. But for some reason, the health app is stuck in these really kind of so, old feeling this is the aura app for the aura ring and i mean it does a great job of like it's basically card-based ui and stuff so i mean like now that you brought that up yeah this app does a really good job of giving me a breakdown of everything that i've done it's yeah. basically an apple watch alternative so it can do all of the things and all of the metrics that uh that the health app can so just yeah just rip off all the other third-party apps apple yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and they want us to buy apple watches they want us to yeah. to buy apple watches with additional health features but you're not showing me the information you're giving me 
from having those additional health features in a compelling way. Yeah. So you're not actually doing a very good job of upselling me, which is why I don't really understand why they haven't done that. And even with Fitness Plus, I understand why that is its own app. But why is everything with activity rings in that app, but then other data that's relevant to my activity, like my weight, like my VO2 max, or any any of these other pieces of information, even the amount of sleep, uh, where other other third party services are calling this stuff like readiness. Yeah. Why is that kind of thing not coming into fitness? Why is there not like a fitness dashboard where I get like a breakdown of my rings, where it's telling me not just oh yes, you stood eight of twelve hours or whatever it is. <laughs> where is this? Where is this information actually useful? And then also tell me what yeah what is the benefits of standing more hours you know like what you just said like encouraging you to do that more like you like you mentioned earlier but i mean it just seems simple to me the app could be called health and fitness yeah. and just combine the two and then their tabs health tab fitness tab medications if you want to make it its own tab it doesn't seem that hard to me but you're right i mean it's a mess they both need some work and the last thing i would say with regards to fitness is with Fitness Plus specifically, because I really have wanted to love Fitness Plus since it launched, and I really sort of don't. Um, I feel like it's fine if you want to dip into a workout occasionally, but if you want to actually work out regularly with it, it is awful. Because again, it's organized like the playlists where it's just a never ending list. And it's fine if you want to do the most recently uploaded one. But what if I want to do it like a season, like a, like watching a season of stuff, and I want to start from episode one, and I want it to keep my place, where it will just yeah. keep serving me the next thing like a Netflix show. There is no way to do that, which seems crazy when it is basically just watching a video. Um, and likewise, I don't think there's that much variety in, in the workouts. I feel like They've kind of tried to move into this area by having these little courses where they say, oh, this is 12 workouts to do something, or here's a sleep meditation course. Um, and they kind of have tried to make it episodic in that way. But it's not really useful with something like strength workouts, where it's going to just be a total body workout or an upper body workout or a lower body workout. That's it. Mm -hmm. where is where is like okay so you're going to do different muscle groups each day and you can choose which one you want to do for that day i feel like that shouldn't be that complicated it's just like organizing a playlist of content and saying well we will make a, a video for that thing yeah and even when it comes to cardio workouts they could definitely be organizing it a bit more than just the uh the length of the workout and which trainer it is and they yeah. want you to pay a lot for this service yeah, they could definitely use some sort of like tailoring to your specific like workout goals. Like like you said with uh with lifting. Like if I want to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I want to lift and I want to focus on specific muscle groups, it should be able to organize like a playlist or like give you like like a like a workout plan based off of the video. So like this video you're doing this, the next video it's not the same one. But it's yeah. like we've don't we've targeted different groups and things, and it does it for you to where you don't have to seek it out. And maybe yeah, the, well, the minutes like are a little Apple bit music. Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. With I'd probably with use that. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would actually make it way more useful than it is, um, and I think yeah. it would justify the price it asks for a lot more. And it would make me actually go back to it because I feel like if you actually if you do take um, your your fitness really seriously, there is no way that you're using Fitness Plus every day. Yeah. Um, 
because it's just not it's not compelling enough it's not offering enough variety whereas if we're just a little bit more organization um and basically just playlists of content and giving you a little bit more specific information i i i just i know it's supposed to be functional um strength training but it does just seem ridiculous to me that it's just almost everything is just a full body workout that's not how that's not how it works that's not what everyone needs to do for for strength training it it and I'm, I mean, I, I'm not really super into my fitness, but they're not helping me get into my fitness. They give it, they're giving me, they make me feel good for doing it once when I open the app, but that isn't actually helping me do the hard thing of doing it every day. Why isn't it giving me a notification to say, you haven't done your fitness plus workout today? Yeah. Why? Basic things like that. It should be nagging me and making me feel bad for not doing it. Yes. But also... How long would it take until you get sick and tired of that? <laughs> you're like, maybe, shut up, Apple. Just, I'm not working just, out today. <laughs> just a little bit more. I just want a little bit more for Just it, a little I bit guess. more of a nudge. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, all right. I think we got time for one more. Do you have like a major one or do you want me to go? No, no. Go on. You go. Okay. I mean, this is just a quick, you know, we have a few minutes, but let's let's talk about uh one that i don't think is going to happen but it should i don't i think we just need a little bit more on the lock screen a little bit more customization options specifically i have two things i don't care what apple says there's no reason why i cannot customize those two damn little toggles in the bottom left and the bottom right i don't need a flashlight I don't want to keep accidentally doing the flashlight thing. If you love the flashlight being there, then cool. But I should be able to switch it to something else or remove it. Maybe I don't want anything there. Um, The camera, I really wish the camera shortcut was double tap the the power button or the side button. Um, Mm. Like you do on like a lot of other Android phones. Like I can take the S uh, there and boom, it's, you know, I just double tap and it's in, it is super fast. I really wish that was uh, something that was on the iPhone. Um, But I don't know why I need the camera toggle there in the first place when you can still swipe over. Like, why is there two different ways to get to the camera (laughs) from your lock screen and then no ability to change any of that? And so that would be one of them. And also when you're customizing your lock screen, great. Apple allowed us to do that. Why can't I select wallpapers from third-party apps? Like I don't understand that either. I have, you should be able to know that I have Unsplash installed or Backdrops installed. And is that on iOS? Actually, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, I'm thinking back to my Android time here. Uh, but like why can't I pick from that? Why do I have to pick from my photos or from what Apple gives me? doesn't make any sense. No, I think those are those are good suggestions. I think that kind of related to that is what they're doing with Control Center, because some of these things, like the same tools with the flashlight and the um, uh, the camera app, those also live in the Control Center. Mm-hmm. But why? And why are some things like apps there, like calculators there, and the clock app? But you get the individual tabs of the clock app there. But also Shazam and a range of other accessibility stuff. It's like they don't know what that is for. And maybe that needs to be imagined better. And it's those things, those tiles are what you can choose to bring in and put yeah. those on the lock screen. Because they're kind of the same thing. I, I don't really get, why do I need to rearrange the order of that screen? And um, what is it f- for? I don't know how, what Apple even thinks it's for. It's a step it's in apps, the right direction. Kind of it's a step in the right direction. 
to give us more options, but it definitely needs improvement for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to get crazy, but I think there needs to be more customization for the lock screen. And also if I could just sneak this in, why can't I customize and rearrange the control center? Like why, why can't I do that? Like, well, you can rearrange the bottom of it. No, I want to rearrange the whole thing. And also, actually, the, the fair point there is the way you reorganize the bottom of control center is with a menu in settings where yeah. you just drag the order. Why? When you have this existing thing for apps where you just hold down on it. So if I hold down on one of those, it doesn't do anything. Okay. Why is it different in different places? Actually, forget everything I just said. Forget everything I just said. If I could get one thing, they're like, you can get one minor thing. Minor. Because I consider this to be minor. Let me press and hold on control center and be able to rearrange and add new control center toggles like you do for widgets and it just goes into yeah, jiggle mode API for it it goes into yeah it goes into jiggle mode i hit the plus i get the list i enter it in i drag it around i hit done you get different it's sizes not that hard as well so if you sure. want a really big like Wi-Fi menu, like a widget, don't need you that can big. choose a big one. <laughs> or you can choose like a yeah. if you if you don't want your Wi-Fi widget nope. there, don't, don't have want it. it. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it would be. Actually, I don't mind the Wi-Fi. It should be like a individual toggle. Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, I don't need the other two. I don't ever use them. I don't want them in yeah. there. It doesn't need to be a big square. The AirPlay doesn't need to be a big square. I don't understand that. And I would just like a separate AirPlay toggle, not you know, I tap, but I have to like press in the right spot to get to airplay. And if I don't press the right spot, I might pause the, you know, it's a, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing here? I don't, that's it. That's, that's it. a good suggestion. That's a yeah. good one. That's a good and one to end on. Let's end it there. And I would love for everyone to hit us up, uh, you know, Twitter at Dan Barbera at Hartley Charlton. Did I say that correctly? I don't yes. think I've ever said your last name out loud. So I, just wanna, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else I could have said that, but, um, you know, go ahead and hit us up there. People have emailed us. If you want to internet sleuth and find our emails, it's not that hard. Yeah, I guess you could do that too. Um, but yeah, let us know your iOS 17. Or if you're watching on YouTube, that's the easiest because I'll read those. iOS 17 suggestions, let us know. And with that, we'll catch you in the next one. 